This is another CQ Blind Hams podcast. Radio in the dark. Radio in the dark. If you don't know how to do it, I'm going to talk you through it. Radio in the dark. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Bogwist, N3AIN. And this is Radio in the Dark. Today we're going to be starting a series on the Kenwood 590, a tutorial on how to use the radio and where all the controls are and how to do it without being able to look at it. This is part one. Part one, we're going to be talking about what you should get, what you should have in the box when you buy your radio new and even if you buy it used, of course, all the accessories that came with it new should be with it. And I'm going to go over the jack panel in the back of the radio to tell you what all the jacks are for. Okay, so without any further hesitation, let's get started. When you get your radio, in the box you should have the following items. You should have the handheld microphone that comes with the radio. <coughs> you should have a DC power cable. You should have a 25 amp fuse for the DC power cable. And four plastic spacers. I'm not quite sure what they're for, but they're included. Also the screws for the mobile mounting bracket that's not included. If you want to go mobile with this radio, I don't know how you could do it easily because it's mid-size but it's a little big for I would think under a dashboard of a car but I guess you could probably get it somewhere in a car or maybe especially in a van and you get the mounting screws there for that also a 4 amp fuse for an external antenna tuner and of course the manual and the schematic diagrams so you should have all those things in the box and it's a good idea to keep the box both boxes both inner and outer boxes because you might need them someday for shipping okay that's taken care of that now let's talk about the rear jack panel turn the radio around after unpacking it and look at it from the rear we're gonna get personal with the radio and now look at it from the rear even though we don't know each other real well. We're going to look at the rear. Anyway, here's the rear. Um, there are 14 jacks on this thing. Actually, 13 jacks and a ground screw. Okay, so looking at the radio from the rear going from left to right, the first row we're going to look at is in the top row of jacks. There are four in the very top row. Starting from the top left-hand corner, you have a familiar SO239 port. That's antenna 2 socket. That meets with a PL259. That's for an extra antenna if you ever want to use one for anything. Next is the main antenna jack, another SO239 port. Next to that, going to the right, is the jack for an external antenna tuner if you want to use an LDG tuner or something like that. Next to that on the extreme right hand corner on the upper row you have the uh, jack or the socket for your DC power cable. That's the cord that goes of course to the power supply. Now going to the bottom row of jacks on the radio the first jack you'll feel is your serial port. That's called the DB9. That's the jack that you would plug your computer cable into if you want to control the rig from your computer keyboard. Next to that, there's something new that we haven't been seeing on HF rigs up until a few years ago. An S, uh, a USB port. Instead of using the DB9 connector, you can use USB with this radio from your computer. Of course, a lot of the newer computers don't have the DB9 uh, serial port anymore. 
so you can go directly to USB with this radio. That's really nice. Next to that is the external speaker jack. That's a small mini jack for an external speaker. And with the good external speaker, the, the audio from this radio sounds really good. Next to that, you have your ground screw. Always important to have your ground connected to a radio. Next to that, you have, uh, well, actually, just below the ground screw, you have a DB9 or 13. I'm not sure what it is. A DIN plug, I shouldn't say DB, a, a DIN plug. It's either a 9 or a 13. I'm not sure which one this is. But it's for packet or anything like that if you want to hook up something extra. I think it's I think this is a DB9. I'm sorry, I keep saying DB, a uh, 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 a 9-pin DIN. Next to that, you have a 13-pin DIN. I think it's the 13. That's for your power uh, for a linear amplifier. It's for a linear amp if you want to use that. Uh, if you have a linear. And next to that, you have another mini jack for a straight key. Next to that you have a familiar quarter-inch headphone type jack. That's for the digital keyer unit that's built into the radio if you have a paddle. That's your paddle jack. And next to that you have a phono jack. That's for drive out. That's for your drive-out control. Not quite sure what that does. And on the far right bottom, you have another phono. That's for an ex another antenna. Uh, if you want to hook up another receiving antenna, receive only. And that covers the jacks on the radio and what they mate with. That's all I'm going to do for today. This is going to be a short one just an introduction to the back panel of the radio and of course what you should have had in the box when you bought it if you have any questions on any of this please write to me at n3ain at hotmail.com and I'll be glad to clear anything up for you if I can thank you until next time this is n3ain saying 73 hello everybody I'm Joe Bogwist and this is Radio in the Dark, part two of the Kenwood TS-590 tutorials. My email address is n3ain at hotmail.com if you have any further questions after listening to this. If I can help you further, I'll be glad to. And standard disclaimer, in the unlikely event that anything should happen to your radio while following these directions, you cannot hold me or HandyHams responsible. For today, we're going to hook up the radio. Okay, so the first thing we want to do is have the radio on the desk and the radio now will be facing us with the control panel in the front, you know, with the tuning dial and everything else in the front. So now all the jacks that I told you about as to where they were yesterday or the last time you listened on part one, everything's going to be reversed, of course, because I told you about where the jacks are last time with looking at the radio from the rear. Now we're looking at the radio over the top and to the back. Okay, so uh, everything is now going to be reversed because I, I'm, I'm assuming that you're not going to have the radio turned with its back to you when you're hooking it up and then turn it around. So um, without any further chit-chat, let's go. The first thing I'm going to hook up here is the antenna. That goes in SO239 ANT1. That's in the top row, the second SO239 socket in from the right. Okay, that's the one that will work with the built-in antenna tuner. That's the primary antenna jack. The other one is the secondary antenna jack. That's ANT2. That would be for an extra antenna if you wanted to use it for like maybe six meters or something but your tuner won't your built-in tuner won't work with that one so always use the primary first 
So you just plug your PL259 into that and you're good to go with it. And then of course we'll hook up the ground strap, your ground to the radio. The ground screw is located just below and slightly to the left of ANT1. Take the ground screw out and when you do there are two washers on the ground screw that will probably fall out on the desk. So you'll have to put them back one on either side of the ground strap on the screw and then put the ground screw right back in the hole where you pulled, uh, took it out of. It's a small Phillips screw and it might take some doing to get that back in the hole. If you don't have real good dexterity with your fingers you might have to get a sighted person to do that for you. But I did it and I think a lot of you probably will be able to do that as well. Okay, now the next thing we'll hook up is the power supply. And remember you need a 20 amp or better power supply to run this radio. And to do that we'll take the DC power cable and first connect it to the terminals on the power supply itself. Make sure the power supply is turned off before you do that or you'll get a good jolt. You'll know what DC feels like. So uh, plug that in to the radio but first I'll just just tell you, you, know, you should already know this but just in case you don't, black is negative and red is to positive on the power supply. Okay so plug your DC power cable into the jack on the upper left hand corner in the back of the radio. Just push it in firmly in there and it'll snap in and you'll never get it out again. No, actually you will, but it won't be easy. It's, it's, it, there's a little tab on the top of that. You have to push down and pull the plug straight out. But hopefully you won't have to take that out for a while. But um, if you do have to, just remember that little tab on the top. The next thing we're going to hook up is the keyer paddle to the, to the paddle jack. There's a built-in keyer in this radio, and it sounds really good. It, it works really well. The paddle jack is the only quarter inch jack on the back of the rig. It's in the bottom row of jacks, the third one in from the left. You have two phonos first. In the bottom left hand corner you have a phono, then you have the second phono, then you have your quarter inch paddle jack. Plug the keyer into there and you're ready to go with some CW. Now, last but certainly not least, this to me is very important because I love good audio, and Kenwoods are known for their good audio to begin with, but if you plug in an external speaker into the radio, you'll have really, really good audio. The speaker jack is a mini jack. It's a 3.5 millimeter jack, or a 1 8 inch jack, if you look at it in the American uh, way of terminology. And that is just under and slightly to the right of the ground screw. If you count jacks in from the back of the radio from right to left it'll be the third port in. The first thing you'll see is the serial port, then the USB port, then the speaker jack. So you plug your computer speakers into that or if you have a good bookshelf speaker or something plug that in there and you'll be very pleased with the sound you get. That completes the back of the radio as far as connecting it because you can see it's very simple to connect. And make sure you run all your power cables as neat as possible which is not easy with me once you have as many cables as I do. Don't have them pinched anywhere and try to run them neatly if you can and you'll be okay. Now we're going to hook up the microphone. The microphone goes in the jack on the bottom left hand corner of the front of the radio. You won't miss it. It's a circular jack, a nine pin jack, and the mic will make right into there. Just plug your mic in and screw the sleeve down tight and you're ready to go with your microphone. Okay, that takes care of hooking up the rig. The next section is going to be rather lengthy folks because we're going to describe all of the buttons 
and rotary knobs on the front of the radio uh, and what they do. And that's going to be a lot of fun. All the buttons and all the knobs. Count them, folks. There's 56, 56 buttons and 8 rotary knobs, 9 counting the main tuning dial. So we're going to have a lot of fun next section. But until then, this is N3AIN saying 73, and see you next time. Hello, folks. I'm Joe Bogwist, welcoming you to another edition of Radio in the Dark, this time part three of the Kenwood TS-590 tutorials. Today we're going to have fun, folks. We're going to describe all the controls on the front panel of the radio and their functions. There are six rotary control knobs on the front of this radio, and 56, count them, 56 buttons. Before I get started, if you haven't already done this, I'm going to tell you to lift up the front of the radio, and underneath the radio in the front, there's a wire bale. Just pull that forward as far as it will go, and put the radio back down on it, so the radio will sit on a slant and you'll be able to have better access to the buttons especially the ones in the bottom row this way they won't be so close to the desk and you'll be able to use the radio a little bit easier easier that way okay now assuming that you've already done that let's get started I'm going to describe the buttons the way that the manual did as in groups lettered A through H okay this will help you navigate a little bit better as far as where we are as you're following along with me, I think. So let's get started with Group A. Group A has eight buttons, and the first one is on the upper left-hand corner of the radio. Two buttons in each horizontal row, left to right. Okay. As I said, the first button we're going to look at is one of the PF keys. There are two of them. Oh, and before I go any further, I have to tell you that some of these buttons has two or three functions. But what Kenwood did for this radio is something that I think they started in maybe the 570 or the 480 they did away with the dreaded function mode button. The Kenwood 2000 has that and that is not good for a blind person because what that means is to change modes or to change what the button does you have to press the function mode button on the Kenwood 2000 or some of these older rigs and that will change the mode or the the action that you're going to get in all of the buttons on the control panel and if you're even if you have the voice readout you might have a bit of a time knowing what function you're in I don't know the Kenwood 2000 real well but I do know that it does have that function mode button the dreaded F button. Uh, us blind people really don't like that too well. Now what they did with I know at least with the 480 and of course with this 2000 I'm sorry with this uh, 590 being that it is a newer voice chip not the, the VS3 anymore now they're using what's known as the VGS1 voice board and this is an entirely new chip and it not only does it speak more of what's going on in the menus but you don't have that dreaded function mode button the way you get an alternate thing to read out with these buttons is by pressing and holding it in other words if you press the button on a particular function just pressing the button will toggle that function on or off and if you press and hold it it will turn on the ability to change the setting of that button okay and the way we change settings in a menu or in anything with this radio is with a knob on the right hand 
edge of the radio. There are three knobs on the extreme right-hand edge of the radio. It's the biggest knob in the middle of the radio on the extreme right-hand edge. That's the multi-channel knob. That does a lot. That not only changes parameters, but it changes frequency. It changes the PL tones. And that's the button you're going to be or the knob that you're going to be using a lot when you want to change functions or frequency or things like that. Or when if you if you're in menus and you want to scroll through the different menus, you just turn that knob. Okay, it's a, a knob that clicks. It's not a loud click. It's really a silent knob, but it you you'll feel the detents in it as you turn it. Okay, so that's the way we're going to set parameters and change a lot of these functions that I'm going to be going through with you from the control panel. Okay, so with that, now let's get started. Now we're starting with group A, the eight buttons in group A. Okay, and the first one is on the upper left-hand corner of the radio. That's a button that I use to tell me what frequency I'm on. The next button to the right of that is the power on-off button. That's just a single function button, toggles on or off as you press it. And the way you know the power button is, this is something the manual doesn't tell you, but the power button has two dots on it along the top edge of it. It almost feels like a braille uh, C, okay? You could feel those dots and you know that's the power button. That's the only button that has two dots on it like that on the entire front panel. Okay, moving down, the first button in the second row or column on the left is the attenuator button and this button has a dual function. And by the way, there are different beeps that designate what's going on with the radio. A high beep usually means that a function is turned on or enabled and a low beep usually means that it's turned off. Okay, This button has two functions and the one of the functions is the attenuator. It attenuates the receiver when you hear a high beep, that attenuator is turned on. If you press the button again, it turns the attenuator off and you have a low beep. If you press and hold this button in, it enables the receive only antenna jack. That jack is the extreme left-hand phono jack in the back of the radio, if you're looking at the radio from the front. Okay, the button to the right of that is another one that has a dual function and you have a high and a low beep with it. That button, if you just tap it or press it, it turns on the preamp of the receiver. If you press and hold it, it switches to antenna 2. That's the transmit and receive antenna 2. If you have an antenna plugged into the other SO239 jack uh, or port in the back of the radio. For instance, uh, if you have a 6-meter antenna only that you want to be able to switch to, you can plug it into that SO239 and you can switch to it by pressing and holding this second button. But if you don't have any antenna plugged in and you press and hold it, it switches to uh, an antenna that's not there. I wouldn't do that because, of course, if you forget yourself and you're in that antenna jack, you have that antenna uh, enabled, and there isn't any antenna, of course, you have no load going to the radio. You try to transmit with no load, you're going to cause a problem, big problem. You could uh, damage your finals in the rig, so uh, be careful of that one. The first button... On the left, in the third row, is the Vox, or CW full break-in button. It's another dual-function button. Okay, just to the right of that, in this row, is the processor button. This is another dual-function button. If you just press this button, it toggles the processor on or off, the speech processor. If you press and hold it, 
it will allow you to adjust the processor input level setting and the speech guide announces that as well as the setting that you're selecting and I'll let you hear that and the beep that you get with the corresponding changes as you toggle this button on and off processor in four zero okay moving down to the fourth row in group A the button on the left toggles the transmitter on and off if you want to just sit back and not hold the microphone and just use a desk mic or a boom mic and you don't want to use the uh, mic button you can turn the transmitter on and on by just pressing that button and then to turn it back off again you just press it again it toggles on or off the button to the right of that is the very important built-in antenna tuner if you just press this button it will turn the enable the antenna tuner and if you press and hold it it tunes the antenna okay now moving down to group B group B in the manual just describes the headphone jack and the microphone jack you'll be able to feel those easily the mic jack is the larger 8-pin or 9-pin jack whatever it is in the bottom left hand corner of the radio and the one just above it is the quarter inch headphone jack section C consists of 18 buttons and is just to the right of the headphones microphone jack the first two buttons are a horizontal row left to right the one on the left is one you probably won't use if you can't see it's the meter type button or the drive setting on or off it's a dual function button if you just press it it switches between meter types on the screen if you press and hold it it turns the drive function on or off what the drive function does is allows you to use a transverter with this radio and the jack for the drive control is the extreme left-hand phono jack in the back of the radio the one to the right of that you probably will use this is PFB or PF2 another button that you can set up a voice function for with the voice guide and what I like to have this one set up for is the S meter reading of the received signal so if you press that button you'll get the S meter reading of whatever signal you're listening to with the radio very handy feature now you can tell somebody exactly what their signal strength is when you're talking to them and you don't have to guess anymore if you can't see the radio screen now to the left of the meter button there's a vertical column of four buttons this column is just to the right of the microphone jack the button on the top is another dual function button it turns the ability to adjust the mic gain or carrier level on or off if you just press this button it turns the microphone gain setting on or off mic gain, and the voice guide tells you what the mic gain is set to what percentage is set to if and you get a high beep when that's turned on and a low beep when of course it's turned off if you press and hold this button it turns the carrier level adjustment on and pressing and holding it again then gives you a low beep turning that adjustment back off that carrier level is something you set for AM mode the button just below that is another dual function button it turns the power level adjustment setting on or off or the built-in monitor on or off you can monitor your own signal in your headphones to see what your microphone sounds like and you can adjust the level of monitor uh, or the level of microphone with the dual 
channel control knob on the right of the radio. Or you can also adjust your speech processor level and you can hear what the input and output sounds like in your headphones with that monitor turned on. Okay, the third button in this vertical row, just down from that, is another dual function button. It adjusts the Vox delay or break-in delay for CW, for full break-in or whatever you want. And depending on what mode you're in, of course, if you're in AM or sideband mode, it allows you to adjust the Vox delay. If you're in CW mode, it will adjust the break-in delay. Just down from that, the bottom button in this row, just to the right of the microphone button, and slightly below it, or microphone uh, jack, just to the right of the microphone jack and slightly below it, is a button that's labeled GEN, G-E-N-E. What that does is toggle between three of your last settings that you were tuned to. It's a good feature because if you like to listen to shortwave, you want to go back and forth between AM shortwave frequencies that you might be listening to, you can quickly go between the last three stations that you were listening to with this button. It just kind of circles around and goes back then to the first one after the three that you were last tuned to. Okay, that's the Gen button. Okay, I have to back up to the top button in this row again. The button that adjusts the mic gain or carrier level also adjusts the processor level if you have the processor turned on. It adjusts the processor out level. Just to the right of this vertical column is your 12 button keypad. If you're familiar with a touch tone phone, you'll have no trouble with this button, with this uh, group of buttons. And of course, uh, just like so many keypads, number five has a dot on it. Button number five has a dot on it, so that's kind of a good reference to know where you are. Each of these 12 buttons goes to a different band, okay? Or to different segments of that band. Okay, number one takes you to the 160 meter band. Number two takes you to 80 or 75 meters. Three goes right to 40 meters. Four takes you to 30 meters. Five to 20 meters. 6 to the segments of the 17 meter band, 7 to 15 meters, 8 will take you to 12 meters, 9 to 10 meters, and 0 will take you to the 6 meter band. And the button to the left of the zero clears anything that you may happen to have set if you want to clear that. Because the other functions of these buttons allow you to enter a frequency directly. And to do that, you just press the button to the right of the zero. That's the enter button. You probably won't be able to hear this because I'm using a very directional headset mic. But if I press this button, the voice guide will say enter and then I can enter the frequency directly and then hit it again and you get a long beep and the frequency that you would set to is spoken. Also these buttons will allow you to set other parameters such as memory channels or things like that. Just to the right of that 12 digit keypad is a vertical column of five buttons and it's also immediately to the left of the main tuning dial. The top button in this vertical column toggles between upper and lower sideband. 
the button below that toggles between CW, CWFSK, or CW Reverse. Okay, the one just to the low uh, below that goes between AM, FM, and FM Narrow. If you want to go to FM Narrow with that button, you just press and hold it. The button just below this is a data button for digital operation. And the bottom button in this row is another dual function button. When you just press that, you get a high beep and it turns the fine tuning adjustment mode on. This allows you to tune very slowly with the main tuning control. If you press and hold this button, the voice guide will announce frequency lock on. If you press and hold it again, it will say frequency lock off. This will allow you to lock all the buttons and the main tuning dial so if you bump it, it won't change frequency on you. Okay, that does it for section D. Now we go to section E. That just talks about the main tuning control. Of course, it's the big knob right in the middle of the radio, just to the right of these five vertical buttons that I just described. And the tuning knob has a little hole in it that you can put your finger in, and you can twist the knob real fast. Underneath the tuning knob, there's a torque lever. If you move that lever all the way to the right, it will make the torque adjustment of the main tuning dial harder so you won't bump the dial and move it as quickly. If you move it all the way to the left, the tuning knob becomes very easy to turn. And if you adjust it somewhere in the middle, you can adjust the amount of torque you want in the tuning. And section E also talks about the LED uh, that uh, shows you uh, uh, what's going on in the screen as far as your uh, uh, tuning adjustment and things like that. But of course, it's with, uh, with if you have no vision, you won't see that. Okay, just to the right of the main tuning control is the section the manual calls section F. It consists of 20 buttons in five uneven rows. Okay, the top row in this group going left to right has five buttons. The first one just to the right of the main tuning dial is the button that allows you to adjust your roofing filters. And there are two sets of roofing filters in this radio that you can adjust independently of each other. Really nice feature. And you can really narrow the band width of this radio if there are crowded conditions on the band. You can really narrow things so the roofing filter cuts down on any adjacent channel interference that you're getting. Really, really does a good job. The button just to the right of that turns on or off your noise blankers. There are two noise blankers, blanker A and noise blanker B, or one and two, I forget how they label it. And if you press and hold this button, it will allow you to adjust the parameter of the noise blankers. The button just to the right of that is the NR1 or NR2 button. This turns on the DSP, or Digital Signal Processor. There are two noise reduction filters in this radio, and you can, again, set them independently of each other, too. Just, just to the right of that is the Auto Notch button. And the Auto Notch button can be toggled on and off by pressing the button. There are two Auto Notch levels. The button to the right of that allows you to turn on a manual notch setting so you can adjust the notch manually. And the way to adjust the notch filter manually after pressing this button, it's a knob just to the right of that button. There are two knobs on this shaft and the smaller or inner knob is the one you turn to adjust the notch manually. 
Also, I have to go back and tell you how to adjust the roofing filters in the radio, too, as far as the bandwidth setting. They're adjusted by using two knobs, the high and low cut knobs. They're just to the left of the volume and RF control knobs. They're an inner and outer knob. The second knob in from the bottom right-hand corner of the radio. These two knobs click when you turn them, and they adjust the high and low cut. The larger outer knob adjusts the low cut, and the inner or smaller knob adjusts the high cut. The first button in the second row is the split button and the menu the voice synthesizer will announce that if you press that you can adjust the receive frequency and the transmit frequency to be different from each other if someone is in split operation and you want to do that I'll let you hear what that sounds like FB one zero point zero two five one zero B one zero point zero two five one zero. Now, as you can see, I don't have the transmit frequency set up to be different than the receive frequency, but that's what that does. Okay, just to the right of this is the TF set button. If you're in split operation and you press and hold this in, it will monitor the transmit frequency. Okay, the third button in the second row is another dual function button. It's the A equals B button. That's one of the functions. It toggles between A and B VFO if you have them set differently from each other, or if you press and hold it, it will again make both VFOs be the same. Okay, the other function of this button will allow you to toggle between menu A and menu B if you're in menu mode. This radio has two sets of menus you can set independently of each other. And if you're in program mode, this will allow you to enter the start and end frequencies of the program memories. Now the last button in this second row is a really nice feature. If you have the voice guide, and of course you probably do, or you wouldn't be listening to this tutorial, it's the voice or CW record button for channel 1. If you press this button and hold it, it will allow you to record a message that you can transmit. For instance, if you're in a contest and you're just saying CQ contest, CQ contest, and your call letters, you don't want to have to do that for four or five hours straight. You're going to kind of wear your voice out quicker if you do. If you want to record your outgoing contest message for a contest or field day or whatever you're, you're involved with, you can do it by pressing and holding this button and record up to like a 20 or 30 second outgoing message that you can play back if you have the Vox turned on. And then when you get somebody to come back to you, then you can go ahead and give them your report. That's a really nice feature. Also, you can record a CW message and play it back as well. The first button in the third row toggles between memory channel and VFO mode. If you have memory presets in any one of the 99 memory presets in this radio, it will allow you to toggle between that memory preset or the VFO. The button just to the right of this is another dual function button. It will, If you press it once, it will allow you to store data to a memory channel. Or if you press it again, it will then allow you to 
enter memory scroll mode. Okay, the button just to the right of this one will allow you to transfer the memory contents to the VFO. The button just to the right of this is the channel 2 playback and record button for voice or CW. Okay, the first button in the fourth row allows you to store data in the quick memory. If you heard something and you don't want to retain it a long time, but you just want it in a quick memory, you can do it with that. The button just to the right of that allows you to recall what's in the quick memory channels. You can set up to nine quick memory channels in this radio. And the last button in this row is the channel 3 record or playback button. The first button in the bottom row is the megahertz button. If you press this, it will then allow you to step up and down one megahertz at a time by move, turning the multi-channel knob. And if you press and hold this button, it will allow you to go into the quick menu mode if you're in the menu settings. The button to the right of that is the scan button. If you press it, it will start the rig scanning by itself. If you press and hold it, it will select a scan group for you. There are nine different scan groups you can set up in this radio. And to select each of the nine, you can change from one to the other by turning the multi-channel knob. The button to the right of that turns the ability to change between all the menus in the radio. And to go from one menu to another, again, you just turn the multi-channel knob. And to change menu parameters in whichever menu you are set to, you can change them by using the memory in or the scan button. Now, the last button in this bottom row does two things. It will either allow you to have a fourth channel to record a message to play back in. If you have the rig set to do that, either phone or CW, or if you want to, you can change that setting so it will record what the receiver is picking up. This could be handy if you're listening to someone talking and you want to record their signal if they're giving you something that you want to record and not write down, something to write down later. Let's say they're giving you... Uh, an address or a website to look up or something like that and you want to make a quick recording of their transmission you can do that and then to play that recording back you just press the button and it will play it back that's the constant recording feature and moving to the upper right hand corner of the radio we have what the manual calls section G this talks about five buttons and one rotary smooth turning knob. The first three buttons are in a horizontal row at the very top edge of the radio. The one on the left toggles the RIT on or off. That's the receive incremental tuning. The next one to the right toggles the transmit incremental tuning on or off. The one to the right of that clears either the receive or transmit incremental tuning. And the RIT or XIT can be adjusted with the small rotary knob just below these three buttons. The next two buttons I'm going to talk about are in a vertical row. We move back to the left now and down. There's just a small space and we move down and there are two ver vertically 
columned buttons. The one on the top has two functions. It toggles the AGC between slow and fast if you just press it. And if you press and hold it, it allows you to adjust the AGC fast setting in nine incremental steps or the AGC slow setting in nine incremental steps. Really nice feature. You can really fine-tune the AGC with this thing. The other function of this button is if you're in FM mode on 10 or 6 meters for an FM repeater, if you press this button, it will go between the PL and CTCSS settings. If you press and hold it, it will allow you then to adjust the PL settings, the tone settings. And to adjust them, you'd use the multi-channel control knob. What's really nice is the VGS-1, or voice guide, will even tell you what the PL settings are and whether you're on uh, CTCSS or PL or whether it's on or off. Really nice. It tells you everything. The button at the bottom of this vertical row does two things. It will either match the transmit and receive tone in CW mode, or if you press and hold it, it turns the AGC completely off. Okay, that's section G. Now the last section describing the control panel talks about the last four knobs. The first one is on the left of this group and on top. It's a dual knob and the inner knob or the larger knob adjusts the squelch for FM listening. The outer knob or the smaller knob will allow you to, if you turn it, will allow you to adjust the notch filter manually if you have the notch turned on. Just to the right of that is your single multi-channel knob. Now moving down and to the left we have another dual knob. It adjusts the high and low cut respectively. The large knob in the back adjusts the low cut as far as the roofing filters and the smaller outer knob adjusts the high cut. Moving to the right the last two knobs adjust the AF and RF gain. The large knob in the back or the outer knob adjusts the RF gain and the smaller inner knob adjusts the volume or AF gain. Okay, that's it for the control panel. This was a long one folks, I know, but I hope you got through it with me. If you have any questions, please just don't hesitate to write to me at n3aim at hotmail.com and I'll try to sort things out better for you. Thank you and good DX 73 till next time.